What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Lauda, what do you got? All right, guys. So if you guys were planning to camp outside of Target to get those best, you know, those good deals on Black Friday, well, you got to rethink that because Target will no longer be opening their stores on Thanksgiving Day. I'm actually really happy about this. Give people the day so they can spend it with their families. So if you want to go Black Friday shopping at Target, you got to do it online. Their deals have actually started way early, as early as October. So you guys are not missing anything. They're just giving families a day off so they can enjoy. And I'm actually really digging this because I think more companies should do this. Uh, no, I agree, too. I remember when I was a kid growing up, nothing was open on Thanksgiving and nothing was open on Christmas. And, yeah, this notion that it's just like, you know, profits at all costs is like at some point you need to just kind of take a step back and be like, bro, really? Like, Just let people have a day, you mm-hmm. know, chill out. Um, so I'm with you. And I'm glad that that's the case because those you know, Thursday night, Friday morning situations at these stores are all crazy. And, you know, I know that local news particularly loves that stuff because there's all sorts of, and the internet, because there's all sorts of crazy things happening at right. these places and right. these stores. Two ladies get into a big fight over with the same product that they both want. <laughs> this is the last one. Right. Next thing yeah. you know, they're down on the ground kicking each other's butts. COVID. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we don't need that. Yeah. I don't need any of that. Um, so I'm glad that that's, that's the case. So that is what you need to know. It. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. I don't so, yeah, if Kaplan's going to – the last pumpkin pie, he's going to fight you for it, clearly. Ew. But but he won't punch LeBron back because he shows too much reverence. <laughs> I, well, I have too much respect for LeBron. He's, he's yeah. the leader of the league. You yeah. know, but if you take that pumpkin pie, it could be on, you know. Speaking of leading, so Kevin Clark of The Ringer, who I really like, and I, I've known him for a long time. I remember when he was a reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Um uh, apparently, Bill Parcells, I like, guess, is doing the Manning cast. And if you notice, the Manning cast no longer doing um, current players. Like no all more the active NFL, NFL players. The, the yeah. Manning cast curse has been deemed real. So, yeah, yeah so you can have a, a Bill Parcells. Right now, they've got Kevin Hart. Yeah, you, you just can't be an active NFL player and go on this thing. Yeah, I, I Draymond survived. He's okay. So there's that. But uh, And LeBron, I think. I don't know. I'd have to check if LeBron won or lost after he came on. But... Uh, but Draymond Green, I, they won. They beat the Brooklyn Nets the next game, so they they, they worked out for them. But uh, so Kevin uh, mentioned, you know, he was talking about how Bill wrote this uh, thing for the Harvard Business Review about 20 years ago, and he was talking about all the different turnarounds that he had. You know, the Giants, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, or whatever, whatever. Anytime he, he took over a team, now he didn't coach the Dolphins, but he was the, um, the front office person. Um, and he, he had this specific quote that Kevin referenced that I think, look, I, I believe in it wholeheartedly. Like, it's kind of the way I like to um, function uh, in a business setting, too. Uh, it says, these turnarounds taught me a fundamental lesson about leadership. You have to be honest with people, brutally honest. You have to tell them the truth about their performance. You have to tell it to, their, to them face-to-face. You have to tell it to them over and over again. Sometimes the truth will be painful, and sometimes saying it will lead to an uncomfortable confrontation. So be it. The only way to change people is to tell them in the clearest possible terms what they're doing wrong, and if they don't want to listen, then they don't belong on the team. I, I subscribe to that theory a thousand percent. Now, you don't have to be a a Richard, you know, a, a jerk. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering if you were going to say that out loud. Okay. Yeah. You know, doing to do it like there's a way to do that in a way where it's like, you know, like straightforward and, you know, you don't have to be a jerk about it. But um, yeah, I, I, I think that and it reminds me because Bill Belichick and Nick Saban um, 
you know, when they did this, uh, there was this like documentary. I don't remember where it aired, but I remember I saw it where both those guys talked about how the only boss they ever had in football that gave them a clear definition of their role and the expectations was Bill Belichick. I'm sorry, was Bill Parcells. Um, you know, when they were assistants coming up, mm-hmm. that no one else ever gave them those clear definitions. And I, I agree. I think that's the way it should function, really, in any walk of life. I mean, in any business setting, for sure, but any walk of life, period. Just be honest with people. You don't have to be a jerk, but just be honest. Yeah, but, you know, that's kind of like the truth hurts, right? You know, that that's the one thing about Parcells is is what made him such a great coach, and, and especially early on, because, you know, George, you talk about turnarounds. I don't remember Super Bowls in Dallas. I don't remember Super Bowls in Miami. Yeah, but they remember... were a disaster, though. Yeah, no, but, 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 you know, turnaround is, is bad team turns into championship team or does bad team turn into average team? Um, however, Bill Parcells oh, I, decided to... I mean, listen, to... hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Listen, I, I mean, I'm not the biggest Bill Parcells guy, but he, he took a Patriots team that was a disaster with Don McPherson and got them to the Super Bowl. They lost to Brett Favre. Uh, I remember that. You know, the Jets, I mean, Keyshawn will tell you, and they were 1-15 laughingstock and were, were half away from the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, the Dallas Cowboys went to the playoffs with Quincy Carter at quarterback, and the Dolphins won, you know, went to the playoffs the first time in, you know, I think it was seven or eight years running the Wildcat uh, because Bill Parcells had Ronnie Brown and, and Ricky Williams, and they him and, and those guys thought that was a good idea, and it worked. So, I mean – I think that he's already won. Like, I don't think Bill Parcells needed to prove himself anywhere no, else. No, he, he I think won you before take, he got to those take, other stops. You take trash teams and you make them relevant, and he did. I think that that's a turnaround to me. Well, listen, he'd already won his Super Bowls. I mean, he, he, Bill Parcells is a star and a legendary coach because of what he did with the New York Giants. Can we agree on that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but I love what he's saying about honesty. You know, and, and that's it's kind of interesting because I feel like Bill Parcells, um, his coaching style, the way it was and, and the era that he coached him, I'm not so sure how well that works today uh, with today's modern-day players. Really? Oh, I, I sure. disagree. I don't know. I'm not, I, I, I'm I not disagree. positive. I, I mean, I know that he, he butted heads with T.O. or whatever, but outside of that, like, I, all the guy. now granted, he wasn't coaching the team. Um, when he was with the Dolphins, but I covered that time when he was there. Um, and, like, Ricky Williams loved Bill Parcells, loved him. Jason Taylor, not so much. They had the issue. Uh, but Zach Thomas got along with him. Um, but for the most part, I would say that a lot of guys got along with him. I mean, listen, Ricky Williams is one of the most uh, like, interesting characters I've yeah. ever covered in sports, mm-hmm. right? Like, he is not at all, like, any athlete I've ever covered in, in a million different ways. Um, and he loved Bill. He loved him. He loved Saban. Um, like those guys, you know, resonated with him. You know why he loved Bill? So Bill gave him a, a an extension. He had come back, remember, if you recall, uh, obviously he had quit football, that stuff, and the Dolphins were trying to get the money back from him in like some ridiculous lawsuit. And then that eventually subsided because Parcells made it go away. Um so I would imagine Ricky was already super appreciative of that. He didn't have to give back $9 million and also super weird. I'm back on the team and they're trying to sue me for $9 million. Um, and then the story goes like this. Ricky told me the story once where his, his last contract extension was a small one, you know, at that time of his career. He, he says that Parcells gave him a yellow sticky note and said, wrote a number, whatever the salary was, years in salary, and, he's, and he just wrote yes or no. <laughs> and he looked at him and he laughed and he just nodded his head and that's how they did the deal. Yeah. So like Bill, 
I, I, you know, if he can get along with Ricky Williams, which not every coach understood and knew how to, how to, you know, get along with him, um, I feel like Bill would get along with most players pretty easily. Well, I'm a Parcells part. fan. I'm, I, I like what he was saying about honesty and being. I'm just saying that you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, today's athlete, you're talking about Ricky Williams. We're talking like ten years ago, right? You know? But Ricky Williams is a lot more. Ricky Williams was a millennial before millennials existed. Yeah, I mean, listen, great, great coach, um, really uh, great speaker. You know, I've read I've read a couple of his. I say a couple. I've read one of his books, Bill Parcells. Um, I'm a I'm a big fan, uh, and I, I actually love the Manning cast. I, got, I you know it surprises me. I watch the Manning cast every week on Monday Night Football. I've got two TVs on right now. I've got the Manning cast on one. I've got the traditional broadcast on the other. I watch the Manning cast way more than I watch the traditional Monday Night Football broadcast. But I notice the numbers, which I kind of assume like oh people are finding this really interesting. The numbers are so overwhelming in favor of the traditional Monday Night Football broadcast versus the Manning cast. Why do you think that is? You think people don't know about it? You think they're not interested in it? Why do you think I the just think most are... people like the traditional broadcast? Yeah, I mean, that or, listen, maybe they haven't tried it yet. I, I like the Manning cast. I think it's very fun to watch these two brothers and Kevin Hart right now talking NFL football while watching this game. I'm not that interested in Tampa versus the New York Giants, so I find this to be very entertaining. I like the Manning cast better. Don't tell Lewis Riddick I said that. Oh, I'm telling him next time he's on. I'm just making it super uncomfortable. Like, hey, bro, I know your boy is uh, is on here, uh, but he watches the Manning cast. He doesn't watch you. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd have no choice but to come clean. You know, I'd have to. I'd have to build parcels. I'd have to be honest. You know, tell him the truth. The fact is, I find the ESPN traditional broadcast to be very solid, but I find the Manning cast to be very entertaining. So I'd have to just be honest. I have to. I have to parcels this thing. All right, well, you do what you got to do, bro. All right, coming up next, the Lakers. Frank Vogel says this is a galvanizing moment. Are you buying it? I'm not buying so quickly, but Cap is falling for it hook, line, and sinker. We'll discuss that on the other side. Plus, don't forget, we've got big deal or no deal at 630, and I want to get into UCLA and USC from over the weekend. I have tons of thoughts on the direction of both schools at the moment and both programs at the moment. We'll do that at 640. I'm sure Cap has plenty as well. So stick around, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Cap, don't worry. We're just going to go uh, take a trip. Yeah, guys. Hey, great. We're going out to the desert. Sounds like fun to me. So naive. So dumb. Hey, listen. Let me ask you, though. Casino, great movie. Yes. But if I told you Casino or Goodfellas, and it's, you know, similar cast, obviously, and, you know, yeah. kind of mobster. Yeah, I genre. like Casino better. Oh, really? I do. Oh, no, I'm a Goodfellas guy. I mean, Goodfellas is great, too. Don't get me wrong. You know what's great about the, uh, the holiday weekend is that there will be a Godfather marathon somewhere. There w- oh, Lindsay, you haven't seen it, right? 
Nope, still haven't seen that. I mean, didn't Never McMiniman ask you to do that like months ago? Uh, he asked me to do that like a year ago, and I still haven't. But I got yeah, a lot and of again months week. ago. Yeah, yeah well, we I talked about your time. taco shop or whatever that one day. You're gonna um, hate it. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna let's, hate Godfather. By the way, just be prepared. You're gonna hate it. And the reason I say you're gonna hate it is because if you would have seen it 20 years ago, you'd have been like, "Oh, this is a great movie." But the fact that you're seeing it now in 2021, you're just gonna be like, "What's all the hype about this? I don't get it." You're, it's it's gonna be like watching an old black and white TV show for you. You're gonna hate it. I guarantee it. I mean, you probably will, but I mean, if you just listen to the dialogue of it, it's fantastic. I mean, I've tried watching it a few times, and it was just, the beginning was just not interesting to me. It was bad enough for me to just, not even bad, it just wasn't interesting enough for me to keep watching it. I fell asleep. Yeah. Do you normally don't like movies or anything with like uh, like a lot of dialogue and very little action? Um, No, I actually don't really like action movies. I mean, all okay. I watch is documentaries. I just feel like it was just slow. Yeah. It, I mean, it is slow. It There's is. no question about it. Right. But but the every conversation is super meaningful if you watch it. When was the last Through. time everybody here was in a movie theater? Oh, man, a long time ago. I don't know. When Oof. was the last? Uh, Bad Boys for Life. No, before that. Star that Wars, mine. maybe? Mike Lowry. Like, whatever the, whenever the Star Wars movie, the last one? Maybe before, maybe something after that that I don't remember, but probably that is my, that's my most vivid memory. Yeah. I, I, I bet you I haven't been in a movie theater in probably five years. So for last Friday night... Uh, well, you don't girlfriend. like movies. There's that, too. Wow. It's, not, it's not that I don't like movies. It's just I don't, I don't go to the movie theater. I know a lot. I know people, yeah, but you don't even watch them at home. Well, it's not that I don't watch them at home. It's just that I don't watch the same movies you guys watch, you know? No, you what? No. You don't, what? no. That's not true. That is not true. You, what was the last movie you watched? Uh, the last movie I watched was like Captain America. Because I started. Because we this, forced you right, to. You yeah. guys were giving me all this. No, no. Okay, so what was the last movie movies? you watched that we didn't force you to watch? Um, gosh, I got to think about that one because I'm yeah. watching all these series. You know, like I watch, yeah. you know, yeah. like Netflix series. Right, which whatever. means you don't really like movies, bro. It's not that I don't like them. It's just I don't really. See if you like them, them, you would watch them more. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't watch that much TV other than sports and news. And even lately, I haven't watched any news. I've just been watching. I, I mean, Laura, can you sports. just say out loud what you just said to me in my ear? What'd you say, Laura? You can't admit anything. Like you can't admit when you're you're wrong. You can't admit when you back up. I admit bed, when I'm wrong. When all no, no, the he admits time. when he's wrong. But he I, definitely is, for whatever reason, willing to die on this hill that he likes no, it's movies. Right. It's when not about when all the evidence shows that you don't like movies, because if you like movies, you'd watch them. I no, it's it's just that I listen. Bottom line, I haven't watched any movies in a long time. <laughs> so the so Friday night, Friday night, I go I go to the movie theater. Okay, I walked oh. into a movie theater on yeah. Friday night. Did you own it? Now, wait, I, I didn't buy a ticket in advance. I didn't walk in the door going, yeah. I'm here to see this movie. Yeah. I legit walked into the movie theater, and I started chatting with the person who was working there at the ticket counter, trying to decide what movie should I see, me and my girlfriend. What movie should we see? Mm -hmm. Are there any movies out right now that you guys know of that you're like, I really want to see this movie. I'm willing to go to the no. theater to see it. Yes. Not really. Okay. <laughs> like, what, yes. Okay, what movie? Go for it, Lindsay. What, the one I really want to see, I'm a big fan of thrillers. And documentaries, as you know. But I want to see that uh, One Night in Soho or Last Night in Soho with uh, the girl from The Queen's Gambit in it. That okay. looks really good. Okay, haven't heard of it. And I don't think it was in this movie theater that I was at. Laura, is there a movie that you really want to see right now? I have three. So King, okay. uh, King Richard. Well, I want to watch House of Gucci, actually. Yeah, that comes out this week, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, Laura. I interrupted It's you, okay. Right? So King Richard... I think the Marvel one was Eternals or something like that. Yep. And then the yeah. Encanto, which is our Disney movie coming out. Oh, okay. that's right. Encanto. I got to support. We got to support our people. So that's so, the first one. Yeah, for sure. So so I walk into the movie theater. Okay. I walk up to the counter. 
I start chatting with this lady at the counter. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying to her, I'm like, you know, we're, we're kind of thinking that we maybe we're going to see a movie, you know, and it's really early. It was Friday night. I mean, we weren't on the air on Friday. Wait, like you said that o'clock. to the lady at the counter? Yeah. I'm like, yo, we're thinking, hey, about we're, thinking we're going to watch a movie. Like you struck up a conversation where like if you're coming up to the counter, she's assuming you want to watch a movie. Kind of, sort of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, you're, you might be right on that. <laughs> you are, you're like super chummy. So, yeah, so I walk up and I say to this lady, I say, her name's Mary Beth. I say, hi, Mary Beth. How are you? I go, oh so we're God. thinking about, you know, a movie. And we're looking at our watch, and we're looking to see what time the movies are playing, and, and I'm wondering what you think. Like, Dune. Dune doesn't sound interesting to me at all. Does anybody no. here? Has anybody seen Dune? Nope. I mean, I know the original one, nope. but yes. Plus, okay, it's on HBO. Like, nobody, I don't know. I feel like a lot of those movies you can watch at home. Like, mm-hmm. I have no interest in watching them in the theater. Okay, so, really. so Dune. I'm like, okay, check Dune off the box. I don't want to see that. Oh, King Richard. Oh, Will Smith. The story about, about uh, Venus Richard and Williams, yes. And her dad. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's see that. You know what she tells me? Sold out. Mm-hmm. Sold out. Movie I saw. saw that this weekend. It was good. Okay. HBO Max, bro. Okay, so I didn't see that one. The next one, you guys just mentioned the Marvel movie. What's it called? Um, and Eternals, I believe. Eternals. Eternals. At no point does the woman at the movie theater say to me, oh, Eternals, this is the next generation of a Marvel movie or something like that. No, she doesn't even say that. She's like, oh, it's this movie about this, about that. I'm like, that doesn't sound good to me either. I literally mm-hmm. walked out of the movie theater. I'm not lying to you guys at all. I walked out and I said, hey, we'll be back. We'll, we're going we're gonna to come back in a little while. Never. Never went back in. <laughs> Time out. Wait, who goes Wait. to the movie theaters without a yeah. plan to see a certain I, movie? I know. That's that, very weird. That already is your problem. Like, well, seriously, bro? But I, but I, you got to understand, I went into this, this shopping center. <sighs> this is why a, we say you don't like movies. Well, mm-hmm. but, I, but there was nothing that I saw in the theater that like- But you were literally good. asking the lady behind the ticket counter to sell you on a movie, and I bet you no one in the world has ever asked her that. Well- I don't know, man. She she was very Never. friendly and she was very nice, but she wasn't detailed enough. She asked me this. She goes, "What about what about this one?" She Bro, goes, about- she makes minimum wage, and you're asking her to sell you on a movie. Like, what did you expect from her? She was a very lovely person. She was very very nice. And when I walked in, she said to me, "Hey." She actually was very polite. She was a listener, believe it or not. She was like, "Hey, I know you." And I'm like, "Well, great. This is really helpful because I would love some help from you." And she tried to sell me on the um, the Ghostbusters movie. And I was like, oh, check, forget that one. I'm not oh, going they, to see yeah, Ghostbusters Yeah, but maybe she anything. knew already that you weren't going to see a movie because you never talk about, you always talk about you never seen that movie. All I can tell you is this. She tried to sell me on Dune. She tried to sell me on, what was the other one? And, and somebody, and what? Encanto? What's it called? No, no, not Encanto. Eternals. Oh, Eternals. Eternals. Encanto comes out this weekend. Um, yeah. Ghostbusters, whatever, no. And the only one that I really wanted to see, which is the Richard Williams movie with... With, was uh, sold Will out. Smith. Yeah. You know what you do, out. Cap? Tell you me. know what you do so you don't run into that problem? Yeah. You buy the tickets. I had a time. Ahead of time. Yeah. yeah. That's how it works. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was one of these impromptu sort of things like mm-hmm. we're in this shopping center, there's restaurants we may go to, there's a movie theater. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll consider a movie. Walked in, nothing struck me, and I left. I left the movie man. theater. Just left. Maybe I don't like movies. Thank you. Uh <laughs> But you like existential mumbo jumbo, like Frank Vogel saying this game's going to galvanize them, the, the, despite the fact they beat a four and twelve team, and it took the sk- like winning by the skin of their teeth. So ultimately, you're not impressed with the Lakers being down by 15 points in the fourth quarter and coming back and winning on the road. That doesn't impress you. This I mean, this win against Detroit, nah. No I mean, it, 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 it's it, impressive is not the word I would use. I think you're supposed to win at Detroit. You are supposed to win that game, just like you're supposed to beat Oklahoma City when you're up by 26. Just like you're supposed to beat Oklahoma City when you're home and you're up by 19. But those things weren't happening. See, this is why I am buying what Frank Vogel is selling. 
This is a moment. What happened last night, yesterday, late evening, 5 o'clock, whatever time it was, when LeBron throws hands and this Detroit Pistons player who I, I'd never heard of, I literally had to look him up, second-year player, University of Washington, first-round pick, 20th overall. I mean, I didn't know any of this about this guy. When, when his teammates, LeBron's teammates, came to his defense, and once LeBron was kicked out of the game and you're down by 15 and the team makes a comeback on the road, down big to a team that's not intimidated, I really feel like, and tell me if everybody else, if, if you disagree, if you agree, I think this is the moment that the Lakers unfortunately needed. They didn't know they needed it, but this is the moment the Lakers needed to come together to play much better basketball, to play for each other, to play as a team, to start winning games. I think this is the moment, the defining moment okay, of the early we, part of the season. We have made a bet. We have made a bet, have we not? We have made we a have. bet that <laughs> that in their next nine games, they right. will. you said they will win seven. I took seven the under on that, and a bottle of Camus is on the line. Right, and now I'm rooting for the Lakers to win seven of their next nine, and you're literally rooting against them no, no, so I'm, you can I, win the bet. I mean, if they go six and three, I mean, that's still a pretty good stretch. So I'm, I'm fine with it, yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, the best tweet about all this stuff that we've talked about today with the Lakers is from Troy Magnum. Uh, I'm sorry, Mangum. Mangrim? Mangrim. Uh, he said, he tweeted both of us, he said, Sedano is right. I'm telling you, no matter who you are, if you hit me in the face, you're getting these hands. LeBron, work. MLK, work. Vince Scully, work. Hands are rated E for everyone. Vince Scully punches you in the face, George. You kicking, you kicking Vin's ass or what? Just like my man Troy said, work. Really? Uh, I feel like there needs to be an exception yeah, for Vince yeah. Scully. I don't, I don't know about that, man. I don't know. Work. Get work. Age has a little bit of factor in there. Get right? work. Hey, listen. Ask Pedro Martinez when Don Zimmer went after his ass. He threw him. He threw him right down. He's like, I don't care how old you are. I'm throwing your old ass to the ground. Yeah. Not maybe so. not punch. You know, you you might like a shiver. You do something, but you don't you don't punch. No. If he's swinging at you, hit you in the he's face. Big scully, bro. Like no, 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 nah, bro. You hit me in the face. You get work. Well, let me ask uh, you guys this. Like though. Troy Mangrum said. <laughs> but let me ask you this: Do you think LeBron? Do you think it was? accidental do you think it was absolutely 100 on purpose do you consider what he did to be cheap i think what he did was he was trying to get his hand free because they were locked up and it just happened to be that his fit his fist was closed and hit him in the face so you don't I, but, think that he absolutely no i don't think he tried to hit him in the face you don't think so no i don't think he meant to hit him in the face well i'll say this um that kid he must have thought lebron specifically intentionally Punched me right in my face. Now I'm bleeding over here. My mouth is bleeding. And you know what? I don't care if it's LeBron James. I don't care if it's Vin Scully. He hit me. I'm bleeding. It's time to throw hands. And that's what that kid did. He, he went after LeBron. But, but again, he had his chance, George. You know, there was that, that instant where he was face-to-face -face with LeBron if he really wanted to throw hands. No, but he didn't see the blood yet, I think. That's what, I think that's what triggered him. But I, I will say this. I'm with you. But then I think people see blood and they react differently. By the way, uh, great tweet here from JR who says, uh, Hey, Cap, there's uh, this thing, this app called Fandango. 
It's like a digital nice movie lady, he says. You can check showtimes, buy tickets ahead of time to avoid sellouts and watch previews and be sold on a movie that way. Yeah, you could have just, you know, watched it on Fandango. That's true. I could have, I could have like, gone to, what is the other one? Rotten Tomatoes? Isn't that another one? Yeah, but Fandango actually has mm. all that. Yeah. yeah. And Flickster. Fandango. There's a bunch of apps for that. Um, but you chose to uh, ask this poor young lady who is n- probably never had anyone ask her about like her opinions on movies as she's selling tickets because she's just there to sell tickets. Um, and uh, and yeah. yeah. Well, listen, again, remember, this was completely on the fly. This was not like, hey, it's Friday night. Let's go to the movies. This was we're going to dinner. And you know what? We've got the night. Maybe we'll see a movie. We walked into the theater and just nothing struck us as interesting. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, Big Deer No Deal. Always interesting. Everyone's favorite segment in the 6 o'clock hour. That's coming up next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Speaking of big deals, a big deal for you to call the right attorney when you're injured in an accident. Call my friends at Sam and Ash Injury Law at 800-304-2000. That's 800-304-2000. Se habla español. Call them at 800-304-2000 or visit them online at samandashlaw.com. Lindsay, what do you got? Well, NBA Hall of Famer Kevin Garnett recently appeared on the Million Dollars Worth of Game podcast, and he was asked to name his all-time starting five in the NBA. Uh Well, at point guard, KG chose Magic Johnson. Then at the two spot, he went with Kobe Bryant. At small forward, he chose Kevin Durant. He then chose himself at power forward, followed by Wilt Chamberlain at the pivot. Right. Are KG's omissions of Michael Jordan and LeBron a big deal or no deal, Sedano? Um, I mean, I guess people are going to say it's a big deal. I don't care. Uh, So um, I will say no deal, but, I mean, there's a reason he's doing that. There are issues there with those guys so I, I get it like he's still holding a grudge he's still kg i get it cool is he trying to sell a book maybe i don't know <laughs> like scotty pippen and all that random stuff maybe. he's been saying maybe but yeah I, I mean he's 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 got a thing with them so there's that i'm also gonna say no deal here now i don't know the intimate details that george is talking about about kg's problems with LeBron. well i mean lebron and him have history just from playing each other in the playoffs and then he's got an issue with jordan i forgot the reason why but there yeah. is an issue there too but but if you really thought about it and you said okay where's he going to put lebron who's he taking off this team Kevin Durant. where's he putting jordan who's he taking off this team i mean himself who cares? Like, like it's, it's, it's i mean he's his... not the greatest power forward of all time that would be tim duncan but i mean whatever but, I mean, listen, this is – hey, you tell us, who's your all-time starting five? Because we wrote that question down, and we thought it would be really clever to ask it to you. It just That's just not even remotely interesting to me, who his all-time starting five is. Okay. So, for me, it's a no-deal deal. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I don't mean you, Lindsay. I mean, like, him. Like, I just mean, like, who cares? So, he, he left off LeBron and, and Michael Jordan. Does everybody have to have LeBron and Michael Jordan on? See, this is what I was talking about earlier, about everybody kissing up to the ring. But not I mean, it's not it. about kissing up to the ring. It's about that those two guys are probably them and Kareem are the top three guys in the history of the sport. So, I mean, you know, it's pretty consensus for the most part, other than 
an occasional outlier. Right, like this guy, Kevin Garnett. Hall of Famer should have more smarts than that, but I digress. Okay, next what, one here. Next? Yeah. Uh, Baker Mayfield had one of his worst games of the season in Sunday's 13-10 win over the Lions, which, you know, the Lions stink, so they beat them. Whoop-de-doo. Mayfield didn't speak to reporters after the game, which led to controversy in Cleveland in the hours ahead. In addition to Mayfield ignoring his post-game obligations, his wife was involved in the news revolving around an Instagram post that said the team should, quote, get tougher in responding to her husband's struggles. The post has since been deleted, and Mayfield had to face the music on why he skipped his postgame obligations Monday. He said, I was frustrated, among other things. I've never dodged any questions or hid away from that, so it's not about that. I'm just frustrated, removed emotions and all that from it, and decided it was just best to wait to talk to you guys. Um, Is Baker avoiding the media after Sunday's game and his wife's social media shenanigans a big deal or no deal, Cap? I'm going to say no deal. Um, I'm not exactly sure I understood what the wife did. What does she mean the team has so, to get tough? So there was, there was a post that somebody was like basically calling out the team and the teammates of Baker, saying, like, don't say anything bad about Baker. His teammates need to toughen up because no. he's been playing hurt and whatnot. And she reshared it. And everyone was like, what? And then she deleted it because people got mad. Yeah. Well, you can imagine those conversations at home, right? Like, my shoulders hurt. This part of my body's hurt. I'm still going out there giving everything I got for these guys. You know, where? So you can imagine that that conversation is happening at home. As far as like bailing on the media obligations, I love post game press conferences. So it kind of like, for me, it's interesting to listen to what these guys have to say afterwards. But LeBron didn't have the post game last night. LeBron got kicked out of the game, and LeBron said, I'm not talking to the media. So, I mean, I mean, sometimes guys just don't want to talk. I mean, you're the Cleveland Browns. You just barely skirted by the lowly Detroit Lions. So, yeah, I don't think it's that big of a deal. On to the next one. You'll, well, you don't care. Oh, whatever. You, you don't uh, care? <laughs> you don't care? I, I mean, I'm Who just cares what I say. Ba- the whole Baker thing. Like, it's just like, whatever, dude. I don't, I don't care about Baker. So I just want just... to say that Tom Brady does not skip media post-game sessions when his team does not play well. That's all I'm going to say about that. And you can obviously you can't put these two in the same category. As the category. quarterback, you should be there. Right. He but looks like 100%. an idiot. Yeah. He looks yeah, like yeah. an idiot. Hundred percent. All right. So a new Pew Research Center poll has revealed that coinciding with declining birth rates, a growing number of American adults who are currently not parents claim that they never want to have children. Forty-four percent of non-parents ages eighteen to forty-nine say it is not too or not at all likely that they'll have children someday, which is an increase of seven percentage points from twenty eighteen. Fifty-six percent of non-parents younger than fifty who say it's unlikely that they'll have children someday say they just don't ever want to have kids. And the Washington Post reports that this continuing decline in the U.S. birth rate has experts concerned about the lack of population growth negatively affecting the future economy. That's all a big fancy long way of saying people don't want to have kids anymore and it could screw up the economy. Is this a big deal or no deal, Sedano? Um, I mean, I, I hate attaching this stuff to the economy. I don't think every I think it's more important that we don't have people who don't want to be parents being parents. <laughs> like, I think that that trumps whatever effects it may trickle down on the economy. You know what I mean? Like the economy can be changed in a number of different ways uh, based on adoption of technology and things of that nature. I don't think we need to put it on people who don't want to have kids to, you know, put pressure on them to have children. Like, look, man, I I know plenty of people, um, you know, who have parents that probably should not have been parents. Um, And I think that, 
it showed in their upbringing and it also showed in the way that they had to really like I know people who straight up will tell me I want to be nothing like my parents when I was growing up because it was just such a not a good childhood you know what I mean so yeah like I, I don't think we should be forcing anyone or putting pressure on anyone to have children if they don't want to have children so so this whole idea of fewer people wanting to have children or in this case more people not wanting to have children the opposite I would tell you don't do it just don't have them okay listen it's expensive you know it's a whole headache let me tell you something man um, the other day, you know what my daughter told me to do? Dad, go to the store. I need tampons. I don't need that. I don't need to have that happen to me. Okay, you know? that's your, so, your fatherly duty to do that, though. I know. But I'm just, listen, now I got a kid. I mean, every day it's another college. I'm going to this college. I'm going to that college. I'm going to have three kids in college next year. You know what? You know what I don't have? I'm going to tell you what I don't have. I don't have a boat. If I didn't have four kids, I have a really nice boat. But I got four kids. Don't do it. It's too expensive. You could be like me and my parents, and I just paid for myself to go to school because my parents, after one kid putting her through college, first of four, they were like, nope, sorry, you guys are all on your own. We're broke now. Yeah. So I had to pay for it myself, you know? Well, or do what I've done. My two kids, my two older ones, they both have used the community college system, and it has been great for my kids. So, you know, I know a lot of parents, you know, they get caught up in the uh, prestige of where their kids going to school. Me, I was like, listen, guys. You want to go to school? Great. I really want you guys to get a degree. That's all I want you to do. Just get that degree and then go do what you want to with your life. And the first two years, they have gone to these community colleges, and it has been a great experience. So no shame. Uh, I in actually that. think going to the community college or you know whatever JUCO or whatever is like for the first two years. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. My mom Same. was like, I had a scholarship to Ohio University for their their highly prestigious journalism program. My mom was like. Oh, you're not ready for that. You party too much. You're going to flunk out. You should go to community <laughs> college first. And I think she was probably right. You know, I think I made the, the right decision in going to community college first. But, you know, I never got that whole going away to college experience. Same so, girl. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I'll tell you, it probably made you guys work a lot harder. I know a lot oh, of kids. Yeah. I know a lot of kids that went to these prestigious four-year schools. And a semester or two in, all the partying and all the independence had these kids dropping out. But it was the other kids that went to the community college that were grinding that f- found themselves more successful later on. So, but that's my whole point is about having kids. Dude, if you don't want to have kids, don't worry. The rest of us have a lot of kids. Thank yeah. you. Not everyone wants them. Yeah. All right. One more. All right. A new prototype set of gloves from Meta, formerly Facebook, could open the door for devices that let you feel objects in virtual reality. So this is my cue that the end is near as far as, you know, life as we know it. The gloves were created by Meta's Reality Labs, and they're currently still in the prototype phase. The company sees the gloves as the future of interacting in virtual reality and augmented reality experiences alongside other wearable tech. Basically, when worn, these gloves could let you interact directly with objects in VR or AR. Are these new Meta VR gloves a big deal or no deal, Cap? Depends on what you're you're using your uh, VR goggles for, you know? Like, um, mm-hmm. like I have a friend of mine who, who has this really nice set of VR goggles. I would never buy such a thing. It just doesn't seem interesting to me. But when I go to his house, he's like, dude, you got to check this out. You got to take a look at this. And he likes to show me... Um, uh, pornography, frankly, on his VR goggles. Now if, you're, now, if you're telling me that these gloves can go from this is just a video I'm watching to actually I can make it feels like real people, um, that could be a game changer for me. That could that could change my view on 
virtual reality. TMI. Mm. TMI. Okay. Yeah. Took Such it too far. TMI, yeah. <laughs> Just being honest, Such guys. TMI, That's all. Bro. Wow. Just being honest. No Such filter. TMI, bro. You know? All right. So now, how about you? You want some of those uh, VR no. goggles? Or, yeah, uh, sure, gloves? but not for whatever Kaplan was talking about. <laughs> what are you going to do? Mountain climb? You're going you're gonna to climb Mount Everest? I, I don't know. That sounds fun. I, I've never actually done it, so I would like to people? just experience it and see what it's like, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah. I feel like that'd be cool to use them to mountain climb or like go kayaking in the, some famous place. No, I want to experience that in real life. Sure, but. So I'm with you, Laura. I do too, obviously, but you know, sometimes there's things that, that prevent us from being able to do so, so I could see how. That's true. Okay, I get that. All right, coming up next, we got a couple things we didn't get to, uh, including UCLA, USC, uh, the Dodgers with some interesting news, um, and, uh, and, and one quick note on the Rams. So all those things coming up, and we actually didn't do the Raiders thing either. So all that stuff, we're going to try to blow through it really quick in the last segment. A lot of birthdays, Jamie Lee Curtis, loved her in Halloween and a bunch of other movies like True Lies and probably a bunch of other movies I can't think of. Rodney Dangerfield, may he rest in peace. He would be 100 um, today. Wait, wait. Rodney would have been 100? Yep. Today. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Um, do you guys know Rodney Dangerfield, Lindsay? Yes, my dad was a big fan. Huge fan. What a Listen, I love Rodney Dangerfield. One of my favorite movies as a kid, Easy Money. Rodney Dangerfield and Joe Pesci. Great movie. Old school comedy. That's a good one for you to check out. See, I like movies, George. From like mm-hmm. 1982. <laughs> Are you to tell us about Caddyshack again next? Yeah. Yeah. Well, board. you know, Caddyshack is a great one that you all guys right, already know. Okay, we heard it. We heard it. Great movie. We heard it. We heard it. Great movie. Uh, all right. So let's dance. All right, real quick. UCLA, USC. Quick thoughts on that because I was there. Yep. Let me hear. USC is on the brink of really just being a very ordinary program. Okay, it, the the longer and longer they go away from that Rose Bowl win um, with Sam Darnold, the more and more they become ordinary. And now they've become even bad. Like, they were bad this weekend. Now, I like Jackson Dart. I've told you that, Cap, but he's a freshman. Uh, I think he is definitely the future quarterback for them. But that defense is brutal, okay? And there's a, I know Drake Jackson was hurt. There were guys that were hurt on the rock. I get it. But they need a complete makeover here. I, by the way, you know who's gaining a ton of steam for that job? My guy who I, who I mentioned before anyone uh, last week, Dave Aranda now, all of a sudden getting a lot of, a lot of pub. Yeah, I've, I've read his name quite a bit, and, and I like the stories that I've read about him. Uh, you're right, George. I mean, USC, it was, you know, USC was really down before Pete Carroll. Yeah, and the Paul Pete, Hackett years, yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, it was, the Paul Hackett years were a disaster, and Pete took over, and Pete, all of a sudden, now there's Heisman Trophy winners, and now there's national championships, and now there's Rose Bowls, and, and the expectations went flying through the roof, and it's very, very hard for any college football program, Alabama, Notre Dame, LSU, USC, Penn State, you name it, Michigan, Ohio State, it's very, very hard to have sustained greatness. You know, you can go five years, ten years, but there's always a cycle and you're right. It is time for Mike Bone, the athletic director at USC. Boney. Com- Boner is what I like to call him. Oh, okay. Revamp. I don't think we could say that on the air, Cap. <laughs> Why? And people call me Capper. It's like when people have your last name. They, they shorten it down and then they put an ER on Okay, let's it. just go with Boney, but go ahead. Anyway, point is, is that it's time to completely revamp the entire program, which I don't think is any major surprise to anybody, okay? 
But everybody's got to go. The whole coaching staff, it's time to completely start over. And you know, George, you, you know, this is a monster hire for USC football. It really is. And yeah. it's not just for Mike Bowen. It's for the future of the well, program. And by the way, this isn't, you know, back then, Pete Carroll still inherited pretty good players. Like, there's some, there's a couple, there's some players here that are good, but it's not the depths that, um, that, I, I mean, it, it's not even what they had with Paul Hackett, is what I would say. Like, Clay left the cupboard pretty bare. Um, so this isn't like when Lane or Sarkeesian or, you know, insert coach here took over where there was still a nice carryover of talent. They're going to have to rebuild in a big way, is what I would say. And yeah. then on UCLA, um, you know, I, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, UCLA fan needs to chill, okay? Yes, the first three years of Chip Kelly was bad. No one would debate that. But you're 7-4 and four right now. It's been a minute since you were this good. Like, you know, I know you haven't beaten a, a team with a winning record, but, like, there's at least some momentum. Like, I, I, I wouldn't can Chip Kelly right now. I feel like that seems short-sighted. Canning Chip Kelly would be the worst mistake UCLA could make right now. Here's why. A variety of reasons, but here's why. One, there are a lot of good jobs out there. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of jobs that are available, and... You know, there's some that are really, really attractive. USC, LSU amongst them. And there's a lot of others that I'm not even mentioning that are not coming to the top of my head. But I've seen these lists of all the different college football head coaching jobs that are now open and available. If you're UCLA, this is not the year to make a move. But the second part of it is this. You've already gotten now through four years. Now Chip Kelly has some success under his belt at UCLA. He's got a gigantic win over USC. No matter how bad USC is, it doesn't matter. That's your rival. You put 62 points on the board. This is the time to say, we need to see what the next two, three, four years are for Chip Kelly and create consistency in the program so that it's not just this revolving door of head coaches. UCLA would be very wise to put more support into Chip Kelly rather than starting over. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And then um, real quick on the Dodgers. So, John Heyman's reporting that Corey Seager is really the only shortstop they're going after. Um, so if, if they don't keep Seager, that it's basically going to be Trey Turner's job at shortstop. And, uh, and you know, I guess Gavin Lux will go back to second base. Well, that's so, why they got Trey Turner, right? I mean, wasn't Trey Turner really insurance. an insurance policy from day yeah. one? Yeah, yeah. So that seems to be the plan. Now, Lindsay, you sent me a, uh, a tweet. Uh, the Dodgers players picking their favorite Thanksgiving dish. What did we have here? Well, well, I just want to say that uh, some of these are a little absurd. They're doing their their Dodgers uh, Zoom holiday party right now. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Some yeah. Of the are... one cab wanted everyone to attend. Mm -hmm. Right. Where's Mookie? Yeah. Well, Mookie's not on here, but uh, Max Muncie. Guess what his favorite Thanksgiving dish is? Macaroni and cheese. No. Cap got any guess? Guesses? Uh, sweet potato pie. Stuffing. That's that one's all right. I love I love stuffing. By the way, this tweet is from our friend Matt Moreno mm -hmm. over at DodgerBlue.com. Shout out to Matt. All right, so other people who had stuffing was A.J. Pollock and Trey Turner. He specifically said his wife's stuffing. But here's where it gets a little weird. Justin uh -huh. Turner. His favorite Thanksgiving dish, deviled eggs. Deviled eggs are gross. Yeah, Love no thanks. Love um, deviled eggs. And, and who eats them on Thanksgiving? Yeah, that's not a Thanksgiving know. dish. I don't know. What, what is, a, what is a, de a deviled egg? Is What is that? Is it more of a Christmas dish? Yeah. Or, any, or just like a weird dinner party. I feel like yeah. it's like an Edward Scissorhands Tupperware party type of dish, yeah. but yeah, they're so good though. I love deviled no, eggs. No. Uh, Edwin yeah. Rios, his favorite is mom's macaroni salad. Also, a yeah. very weird Thanksgiving choice. Yes, agreed. 
Super weird. Does, does everybody do macaroni and cheese on Thanksgiving? Is that a Thanksgiving no, thing for you guys? No, I don't know if everybody does that. I think yeah. there's mashed potatoes. There's a lot of different starches. I like um, sweet potatoes with like melted marshmallows over the top. And just yeah. then yeah, you no broil thanks. them at the end and you make them a little black and crispy at the top. That's so yeah, good. I'm, go- I'm, I'm, I'm good. The, the one that I do agree with is Bill Belichick, who said in his post-game press conference over the weekend... Any kind of potatoes, whether it's mashed potatoes, twice-baked potatoes, like uh, scalloped potatoes. Twice-baked potatoes are really good. Yeah. Really, I love twice-baked potatoes. potatoes for Thanksgiving. Paprika on the top of them, so yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, so last thing here before we go, and uh, it's our last show of the week, so happy this Thanksgiving to everybody. This is insane. I mean, it's not. It's fine. I mean, no, it's great. It actually works out really great for us, but it kind of sucks at the same time. Yeah. Uh, real quick on the Raiders, I think they're toast cap, and they're the done. Rams, look, I, I'm not I'm – not, I'm not here yet, but I'm starting to think to myself, maybe it's not their division, you know, if Colt McCoy is winning two out of three starts for the Yeah, Cardinals, I mean, so. listen, the Raiders, when you say done, I mean, people in Vegas are now calling for Derek Carr to be benched. You know, they're saying, hey, it's been eight years. We haven't really gone anywhere. Maybe it's time. And just as far as the Rams, George, I'm with you. I'm, I'm very concerned. Arizona has handled this with Kyler Murray out. Most people didn't even know Colt McCoy was still in the NFL. Um Rams got to get it together here, and they're coming off the bye. But um, I'm not nearly as bullish, and they got this tough road game coming up against Green Bay. So the schedule's tough down the stretch. I can tell you that for the Rams. Yeah, the easy games are out of the way now. Yeah, And so they didn't I, win them all, which they should have. Right, right. I agree. And I think that that's, that's kind of the issue. So, um, All right, well, we are done here. Happy Thanksgiving, Cap, Laura, and Lindsay. Happy Thank Thanksgiving you for- the whole family, man, and everybody listening. Just uh, really appreciative of uh, of our team here and, and all the great listeners. Love you guys. All right, fellas, ladies, you guys enjoy the holiday. We will talk to you guys next Monday. Have a happy Thanksgiving. See you.